Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We've got a full lineup today. First up, we'll hear from Coralie Matayoshi from the Hawaii chapter of the American Red Cross. And of course, then we'll talk to Yvonne Chen from Iolani School, and she's brought her whole high school team who won in their category for the Alawai Challenge. But before we get to that conversation, we want to welcome Coralie Matayoshi from the Hawaii chapter of the American Red Cross to tell us about hurricane preparedness this year. Welcome to the show. Hi, how Welcome are back, you? in fact. Thank Excellent. you. Now, June is the kind of kickoff for hurricane preparedness, and this is sort of like the period between June and November 30th, right, where most of the storms start to form. That what, is true. What is your, uh, I guess, from... Like in terms of the folks over at DEM and civil defense, what are they telling you about the amount of storms that might be produced this year? It's a slightly elevated, more than average this year, but you know what? It only needs one. And <laughs> That's five, true. They're, so they're predicting five to eight cyclones uh-huh, this year. Uh-huh. And remember last year, it was pretty bad. And well, we the were last couple very of years, lucky. Right. I mean, there were like 16 and they were yep. all rolling through and... Many close, close Mary, calls. Yeah, very right. many close calls. And the calls. Red Cross is ready for every single one of them. There right. was a time when every weekend we thought, oh, my gosh, are we going to work this weekend? And we did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And so um, we had Darby. And then Madeline and Lester were so um, scary that um, our national headquarters dropped satellite equipment and we prepositioned people from the mainland on every single island. You know, usually they go to Oahu and mm-hmm. wait till later, but this was that scary mm-hmm. that they had to be, we had to be so and wasn't, prepared. And <clears throat> wasn't Darby the one that uh, it, it came toward Hawaii, it sort of dissipated, but then there were some remnants from it that resulted in that flood that happened right onto the freeway? Yes, right. And people said, oh, it passed. Right, you right. Know, Even I was almost fooled. And right, so right. people started going to Alamoan and all that, and then it <laughs> dumped, right? So you never, you know, you, you, you have to be prepared. Well, and an, and an interesting thing with the uh, Red Cross is that regardless of whether or not it makes landfall or, you know, the, uh, the folks over at the um, Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, whether they actually put together the, the JIC or the Joint Information Center, uh, the American Red Cross has to be prepared because of anybody who might get flooded or their you know roof gets blown off, even if there isn't sort of like a major island-wide uh, outage. I mean, you guys are pretty much called to action, right? Oh, we are. And actually, as the, the storm is approaching, a week out, we're already starting to call down volunteers to mm. be ready. And then right before, we're pre-positioning supplies. So we're doing it every single time. Right. And it's because we're the most isolated population on the face of the earth. Nobody is going to be able to help us in time. And if the ports and harbors are out because of you know a big damage, mm-hmm. we're not going to get supplies for a long time. And that is why this year... Um, the Department of Emergency Management has advised that you have 14 days of supplies. That's water, food, medication, and all of that, as opposed to the seven days that they used to say. Mm-hmm. And that's different from mainland. Mainland is like three to four days, right? right. Somebody can just drive over and give you um, resupply. Now, you hear that, having, having, having to have this amount of supplies in your home to support your family, so not just for one person, but for Correct. everyone in your family, plus pets, um, you hear it every year, and yet it seems that it, it's only when there's that first advisory that suddenly all of the shelves at Walmart and Costco are wiped out. Right. In the years and years and years that you go through this drill every year, 
is there anything that you've found that might be more effective into pushing people to not procrastinate? Or is this human nature that you are going to struggle with every day? I, I think it's actually human nature. And studies show that people think that, first of all, it's not going to happen. And then second of all, it's not going to happen to them. And if it does happen, that the Red Cross or the government will bail them out. And actually, the one of the most recent exhibits that I really liked from the uh, Red Cross was at a Pearl Ridge event where they actually laid out how much space you yes. would get mm-hmm. if you showed up at a shelter. I mean, you're not, it's not the, it's not the Alani. It's definitely, it's not even the Pagoda. It's right. a little blanket that you can barely fit on. It's so. about seven to 10 square feet. And actually, that's in an event of a hurricane. Um, it's a, just an evacuation shelter. It's not a real <laughs> shelter that you're going to sleep in. It's just a place to hunker down. But people mm. should really look and see whether they can shelter in place mm-hmm. because that is preferable. Um, you're just going to go to a, a gym or something, and there's not going to be anything. And that's what we tell people is you've got to bring your own stuff. You have to bring your blankets and pillow, pillows and food and water. It's one gallon per day um, per person and that's a lot of lot of that water is. so if you're in a sturdy home in a relatively uh, safe place you shouldn't evacuate just because you can and go to the gym correct that's actually putting more strain on those services and you're probably safer in your own home that is correct so people should really assess right now whether they can get hurricane clips and and things like that in order to be able to a shelter in place. So, Corley, you said that you know it increased from seven days to fourteen days, and this was only over the last year, right? So, what was it that incented the the DEM folks to really make that announcement, make that leap for another additional week of supplies? Um, it was experience from other jurisdictions, mm-hmm. and and then multiply that by a thousand because Hawaii is so isolated, right? So that is a dramatic increase, and it just happened a couple, uh, like a few weeks ago, that that was announced at the beginning of hurricane mm. season. Oh, just a few yes. weeks ago, so wow. it's new uh-huh. this season, yeah. right? Correct. And and <clears throat> at what point in time does the Red Cross start to actually activate their shelters? Actually, it is the civil defense that tells us when to open the shelters. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then thereafter, it's the Red Cross that staffs the shelters. Okay. But we always have, um, you know, we're ready to go anytime. But it depends on where they think the storm will hit. So some might be in an inundation zone. So, you know, people say, okay, this is my shelter. But you got to listen to the radio because that shelter might not be open. <laughs> right? So it's, it, it's determined on whether it's safe to go there and how many we actually need. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of uh, um, going to shelters, you have to be pretty uh, aware of which ones can accept pets, right? Because not all of the shelters will accept pets. Correct. There are certain that are pet friendly. Mm. Um, We've been trying really hard and the city has been trying to have um, co-sheltering of Mm -hmm, the pets mm -hmm. with their um, with the people. Right. Um, But it's not always the case. So you should think of some alternative places. Mm. Um, Some of the veterinarians have um, places where they can um, they can board the the animals, and that that's uh, pet friendly and and shel- shelter safe. So the Hawaii Red Cross is there when an emergency strikes, but your best bet is to be prepared before that happens. So, what resources can people look for from you right now? Like, uh, if I went shopping for two weeks of groceries, that'd be maybe a big case of spam and maybe some rice, but that's probably not a complete <laughs> list. Where can I get a good shopping list? 
Yeah, you, you can go online um, at hawaiiredcross.org. There's also an app that we've had for a couple of years, okay. actually. It's right. an all-in-one. So they started off with hurricane app, then uh, tornado app, and then tsunami app. And then they all they made it all into one mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it has what to do before, during, and after um, any kind of event, including a fire or even um, other um, man-made kind of events. Um, and it also has first aid and CPR for humans and mm-hmm. pets. Mm-hmm. I mean, who has a veterinarian at their disposal, right? right? It'll tell you what to do if your dog eats chocolate, what kinds of signs to, to look for. Um, so it's a good app to have. It's a very good app to have all the time. Okay, so that's available on iOS as well as Android? Yes, it is. All right, we'll put the link to the website and to the apps on our website at bitemarkscafe.org. Very good. So, Coralie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Yvonne Chan and the team from Yolani to talk about the Alawai Challenge. Don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. I think This American Life is by far my favorite program. Almost every time I hear it, I'm emotionally hooked on a deep level, and it helps me appreciate people's stories and helps me actually listen for other people's stories. We often get wrapped up in our own world and we stop listening, and This American Life kind of helps me stop and listen. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bike Marks Cafe. Joining us now are Yvonne Chan and the high school team. She mentored for the Alawai Challenge, which includes, Yv- uh, well, Yvonne is, of course, a biology teacher, and she's mentored a couple of teams from Iolani who got recognized. That uh, This team here joining us in the studio is uh, Sarissa Choi, uh, Daisy Chang, and Kyla Kohara. They are all class of 2018. They're all seniors and won for their presentation in the high school category. And, of course, what did we learn? And we will ask you this question. What did we learn from participating in this Alawai Challenge? We want to welcome you all to Bike Marks Cafe. Thanks so much, Bert. Now, Yvonne, we can start with you and we can talk about there were actually two teams that got recognized and we have the the high school team. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about the teams that were participating from Yulani. Um, so we had a middle school team that consisted of four um, seventh graders, Christina Kim, Karina Kwan, Erica Matsui, and Autumn Wolpers. Mm-hmm. And they came up with some great ideas for um, how to address the Alawai's challenges. They um, Some of their ideas included um, actually st- – uh, Making sure that the, f- the catfish couldn't reproduce in the Alawai. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds yeah. like it might hurt. <laughs> now, now, Yvonne, how did y- are you splitting time between middle school and high school? I mean, what's what's your duties? Uh, we had these. Um, so I actually teach in the high school, mm-hmm. ninth grade biology, um, as well as independent research for juniors and seniors, but we I, are at Iolani, we, our upper school goes from 7th through 12th, and so we just had open lunches where we would we would come together and um, and meet and talk about the Alawai Challenge mm-hmm. and work now, on it. Now, of course, we have the team here. Uh, we want them to all say a few words. We can start with Sarissa. <laughs> no, 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 you're ready. And, and now one of the things we want to first clarify is you're, you're juniors, right, this year. 
you're gonna be seniors or are you seniors? Oh, uh, we're gonna be seniors. Okay, this gonna year. be seniors. I oh. say that makes them. That's qualify okay. Yeah, you, you, good enough. Okay, Sarissa. So, so, what are you? What's what's your what's your um, role in this team? So I came up with ideas to help fund our project, mm. and some of the ideas that we came up with was a biweekly farmers market, which we would hold on the Alawai Promenade, and we could make money by either like charging vendors a certain amount of money, or we could take a certain amount of their profits and we could put it into our cause and organization. So was that part of the <clears throat> part of the um, project? I guess parameters is that it had to be somehow sustained over time. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So uh, let's move on to Kyla. I mean, what uh, was your role on the team? Um, well, my part was mainly focusing on how we're going to take action and start fixing the problems, like how we worry about a big flood causing the Alawai Canal to overflow, and also how we, all, as we all know, how polluted the canal is. So we want to focus on how we can clean it up a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Daisy, your role, and what was uh, what were some of the ideas that came together from your team? Uh, well, my team was really helpful. We all compiled the ideas together, but I was the writer, so I wrote the essay, and I was able to word all of their bright ideas very together. Important, very important. Um, I also contributed in the flood mitigation um, section of our project, which was to get a water tank into every house in the Alawai watershed, so when it rains, the water from the roofs would be caught up in this tank, and it would be held up there instead of overpowering the streams. Hmm. Oh, very good. Now, <clears throat> Daisy, I understand that uh, it was kind of largely due to your in- personal interest in the Alawai to c- convene all your friends to get involved. Uh, I, and I'd like to hear your connection with the Alawai, and maybe others have a connection with the Alawai, but um, you know, going to Iolani, it's not n- necessarily a-, a given that you will have some kind of you know, thing about the Alawai, but how is it that you got connected? Well, I was actually taking a summer school class and we were on the topic of college essays and somehow we wandered to the topic of our responsibility as youth to solve the problems of the future. And my teacher, Miss Till, brought up the Alawai and she told us about its unhealthy condition. And I was already aware of that because me and my friends here paddle in the Alawai during the winter season. So she really inspired me to start the Save the Alawai Club at Iolani. Mm. And from there, we've been doing activities like stream restoration. And this Alawai Challenge was a great way for us to channel our efforts into a single cause. So, mm-hmm. Sarissa, the Save the Alawai Club pre-existed before the inspiration or the opportunity of the Make the Alawai Awesome Challenge? Yeah, so we did a bunch of stream restorations before the Make the Alawai Awesome Challenge, and so that helped us to like get involved with it beforehand. So, the, so you are already um, kind of very attuned with the Alawai. Kyla, you you were part of the the uh, rowing team as well. Yeah, so we all paddle in the canals like several times a week during the season, and um, yeah, we all know it's like kind of harmful. A lot of our Paddlers and teammates, they get like staff mm-hmm. and just uh-huh. yeah. So have we, you had a unfortunate? <laughs> not me personally. Oh, yeah. So so are you usually paddle like with a full body um, wetsuit or something, or how do you prevent water from going onto you? Um, I think because paddlers, when we when we're in the canal, we kind of just embrace it uh-huh, and then uh-huh. can't wait to shower. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, are you? Is this a, a competitive team uh, for, of paddlers? I mean, in terms of. Is this a sport that uh, Ilani? 
I would say we're pretty competitive. We this was our first year. The first year we were separated because we joined at different times.、Mm-hmm. But this year we all got to be in the same crew. And Kyla here is our steersman,、mm-hmm. and Sarissa is our number one, and I'm number two. And、um, at the end of the season, we actually got second place in JV one division, and we had been getting third the whole season. But then we edged out a school we will not ma- will not name, but. It、oh, felt good. <laughs> it felt good. It might have been a rivalry there.、Yeah. Uh, so I know、um, that Daisy helped sort of articulate some of these ideas. Sarissa, did you have a particular idea that came up in your group, even if it's not one that was necessarily presented, but was really compelling to you that sparked your imagination? Oh yeah. So I like the idea of plastic roads, and I thought that was a super amazing idea because our state generates so much plastic already, and plastic has a negative connotation. But then it could be turned into something helpful by making it a road, and it does last about three times longer than asphalt roads, and it also stores water in it, so it could help to prevent. The huge flood that could come, and this would be plastics that are already, unfortunately, turning up in the Alawai. Or yes,、oh, I see. So you、um, can you describe what would a plastic? How would you actually pave a plastic road? That is a good question. <laughs> that the research didn't go that far into the. Uh, <laughs> I don't think actual, so. Yeah, <laughs> into the actual implementation, but I mean, so the idea is that the road, instead of asphalt, instead of rock and tar and all that gravel, it's plastic. Yes, I like it.、Uh, how about you, Kyla? Um, well, like the main thing that interested me, I think actually Dr. Chan introduced it to us was using bokashi balls, which is just like、um, it's like a form of bioremediation, which is using microbes to like neutralize pathogens and the harmful bacteria that's in the water. So we're actually me and Sirius are actually looking further into that, and we're doing a year-long independent research study、huh. onto like seeing how effective that could be in cleaning up the canal. Oh, could you tell a little bit about what the what's, what, what's in a yeah what's in a bokashi? Yeah, so <clears throat> I saw one of them and they look pretty brown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't look like much, but it's actually like soil mixed with molasses and、um, a solution of、um, healthy bacteria.、Um, so, so it's kind of like、yeah. a mixed. I mean, the bokashi is a, a, a bacter- bacterial mix that you have to actually purchase and then include into the mixture of soil and molasses, right? Yeah, so it's just like a simple mix of a solution of bacteria, and then the molasses is supposed to help it、um, grow and multiply. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's a, it's pretty simple. You just throw those into the canal, and then hopefully it、um, cleans eats, cleans、yeah. up the yeah the yeah. sludgy stuff. Now, Ivan, I mean, so I'm I'm excited to hear that this club, this Alawai Save the Alawai Club, was something that it was independently started by students and just sort of f- fell in line with this great competition. What? How would you articulate maybe? The, the school's connection to the Alawai, and perhaps how this turned out to be such a natural fit.、Um, well, so because the school is located right on the banks of the Alawai, we have a lot of our、right. scientific research、um, geared towards investigating and monitoring the health of the Alawai. So we're really trying to get students of all ages, K through twelve, out and making a connection to place and seeing because not because not everyone can. Is out there paddling,、right. but we try to get all kids out there seeing、um, what the state of the environment is, so that they care about it.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iolani School is also trying to engage、um, all the schools in the Alawai watershed to to、um, take their students out and monitor the health of the Alawai. And the Alawai watershed is not just the canal that's adjacent to Waikiki; it、yeah. extends up into the mountains. Yeah,、um, all the schools along Manoa and Palolo and Makiki streams、mm-hmm. all feed into the Alawai Canal. 
Yeah. And and so there were a couple other novel ideas that uh, you folks proposed in your in your project. We want to get to that. We want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with Yvonne Chan, Sarissa Choi, Daisy Chang, and Kyla Kohara, all from Yolani. Of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Hawaii Pacific University, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Rosal. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Yvonne Chan and Sarissa, Daisy, and Kyla from Iolani School about protecting the Alawai watershed. And of course, right before the break, we are talking about some of the different... Uh, Ideas that went into their project, and, and there was one that I was kind of interested in, which involved sort of aeration. And, and Kyla, I mean, could you sort of describe what that was all about? Yeah, so one of the biggest indicators of a, water, a body of water's um, quality and health is its dissolved oxygen levels. And the Alawite Canal is actually really low. When you get deeper down, it goes up to like maybe 17% around which is really, yeah. It's almost like a dead zone. Yeah. So we came upon this water aeration technology, which is supposed to increase the amount of dissolved oxygen in the water, and this would actually just naturally reduce the algae and the pathogens and um, a lot of pollutants in the water. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to implement that. Now, Daisy, again, as uh, helping to articulate some of these visions, when it... In terms of the competition, were you presenting a package of these ideas, or did it eventually have to be kind of whittled down to a primary proposal for this project? I think it was more of a package of all of these ideas, Mm -hmm. and then Sarissa and Kyla really helped to piece them together in a presentation, and Sarissa did a really good job of creating this beautiful waterfall that's our title slide. And so... Um, we had lots of different categories that we had to cover, like community engagement, economics, um, the pollution, and sustainability. Su- and sustainability. <laughs> so we had to gear all of these ideas to those things and then present them. Now, of course, Iolani is awesome, but as part yeah, of this competition, man. you're exposed to other <laughs> schools. Did you see another presentation, perhaps, that you thought was especially creative or unusual or unexpected? Or is it purely about the great ideas that you had come up with, Kyla or Daisy? Um, I think during the project, we were pretty, like, sheltered from what everyone ah. else was doing. Um, even, like, the other teams that were competing within Yolani, we didn't really know. Um, we didn't collaborate as much as I, I think see, we could have. Yeah. So, so in terms of, um, you know, like the question, do you know what made you stand out amongst the other uh, projects? I mean, do you have a sense as to... What got you to rise to the top, Sarissa? I think that we had a bunch of ideas that were realistic, but were also really out there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, starting the farmer's market, but also the idea of plastic roads were on two different sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also had the idea of a recreational fishing center. And so that would not only raise money for the um, for the organization, but it would also help to create fertilizer from the fish that were caught in the Alawai. Mm-hmm. And so that would help with growing plants that could help with phytoremediation. Mm. Now, you were all recognized at the at the uh, Youth Congress that took place just this past uh, weekend, right? And c- it's kind of still going on. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm kind of curious, 
what is it that you think will be the future of your project as we go forward? Daisy? Daisy? Kyla? I'll be... Uh, well, we definitely want to continue the Save the Alawai Club into our senior year, and we're hoping that younger students at Iolani can continue it mm-hmm. after we leave. Um, so if you're listening to this, come join us. <laughs> I was, actually, that was a very good, that was a question I was going to ask too. You're all about to be seniors, and so when we talked about sustainability, as Teresa did, you know, how does this club, this mission, this vision, this project exist beyond? You know, I'm sure Yvonne can help with that, but what, what are your thoughts, uh, Sarissa? Keeping it going? Yeah, we hope that we can start an organization that we can continue even after we leave Yolani, and hopefully that others will hop on board and help us to continue that if we leave. You know, one of the things that uh, I've kind of learned by observing the robotics teams and clubs that they kind of really bring in new students, young students, and kind of on onboard them with you as mentors to them so that they can sort of see what you've done and kind of carry the torch, you know, once you graduate. Is that something that you're thinking about for, you know, Save the Alawai? Yes, definitely. <laughs> great, great answer. Yay. <laughs> Yvonne is nodding. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh, go sorry. ahead. But there's just a lot of really inspiring people out there who really care about the watershed. And maybe they're, they're not young people like us typically, but it's really important for the youth and the next generation to care about the Alawai and the environment. So I think the All- Save the Alawai Club is a great connection between um, our teachers and the Alawai Water Association mm-hmm. and students. And Yvonne, do you see that pathway? You mentioned, of course, there was another team, uh, middle school students. Um, are you guiding them along to follow in the footsteps of these students? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see because in the lab right now, we have a bunch of students doing independent research um, focused on projects in the Alawai. So looking at like Vibrio vulnificus, that flesh-eating bacteria. Mm-hmm. And then we're setting up kind of mentoring relationships where the younger students can learn from the older students how to do that same research so that they can continue these projects. And I've seen there's some community engagement and with even the private sector. I think last year there was the project with the drone that could sample the water and it took in, you know, input and participation from all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great. Iolani has a lot of resources, and we we like to share and invite people into um, and teachers and other schools in to learn and mm-hmm. um and, and we can all engage, like putting environmental sensors out in the Alawai watershed, and um, maybe they can build them in Iolani, and then we can help kind of put all that data together and. Um, address some of the problems. Absolutely, and you're you're pretty big on on citizen science and and data. And we've talked a little bit. I got her to talk about data visualization, so that's kind of exciting. amazing. Yeah. Now, did any of you actually pilot the drone to collect water, Sarissa? You kind of look like a drone pilot to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, um, one of our favorite questions to ask when we have students in, uh, as we wrap up the show very quickly, is what's next after Iolani? Not that every anybody ever wants to leave, but what are those plans, uh, Sarissa? So the three of us... All we, three of you have the same plan? Well, we all wish to go to UBC, which is the University of British Columbia. Huh. And we hope we all make it in together because that would be amazing. It's one of the most sustainable campuses in the world, I think. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm sure you've had a big influence. Now, this, this was described as a wish. So when does the application actually get submitted? <laughs> Sometime Daisy? before January. Oh, so okay. it's still it's this year. It's this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're still ramping up for taking all the 
college entrance exams and all that kind of stuff? Yes. <laughs> okay, very good. If somebody wanted to find more information on the, uh, uh, the um, Save the Alawai Club, is there a website, an Instagram that they can go to? No? Um, well, you can contact me. There I can, you go. My email is ddc1801 at eolani.org. All right. We will put that on our uh, our show notes as well. Well, be sure to write that down for me because my <laughs> memory is a, a failing. But uh, very good. And, and Yvonne, I mean, do you have a website for uh, this particular project? I mean, I think uh, if we could go to the Sullivan Center website. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Very good. Well, of course, Yvonne Chan is the biology teacher over at Iolani. Sarissa, Daisy, and Kyla are all, well, they're juniors, going to be seniors, they're all seniors. at Iolani. They're seniors. Yeah, they're seniors. They're, they're really cool kids. Anyway, thank you all for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Amazing. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we talk to a couple of companies in the latest Blue Startups cohort. And, of course, if you miss any part of this part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And, of course, you can also get the HPR mobile app. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at BiteMarks or feedback at bitemarks.org. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Quick reminder, the Geek Meet is coming up on July 2nd. Go to hawaiigeek.com for details. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovich. And we'll see you back here next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.